that is pretty close and intuitively what you would expect. Of course, 25 years has its ups and downs within those averages, particularly earnings. While over short periods, the stock market often detaches from underlying economic activity, this is due to psychology as investors latch onto the belief that this time it's different. Unfortunately, it never is. While not as precise, a correlation between economic activity and the rise and fall of equity prices does remain. In 2000, and again in 2008, as economic growth declined, corporate earnings contracted by 54 and 88%, respectively. Such was despite calls of never-ending earnings growth before both previous contractions. Check out this next graph here, GDP versus earnings growth. There's some pretty big corrections in there. As earnings disappointed, stock prices adjusted by nearly 50% to realign valuations with both weaker-than-expected current earnings and slower future earnings growth. While the stock market is once again detached from reality, looking at past earnings contractions suggests it won't be the case for long. Check out this next chart, GDP versus S&P 500 growth, also showing this. The relationships become more evident when looking at the annual change in stock prices relative to the yearly GDP change. Also another graph, GDP versus S&P 500 annual percentage change. Again, since stock prices are driven in part by the psychology of market participants, there can be periods where markets become detached from fundamentals. However, where history disagrees with our aforementioned narrative, fundamentals never play catch-up with stock prices. This next graph here is showing the S&P 500 EPS versus the S&P 500 price year-on-year -year growth. Roberts goes on to describe the economic reality we covered last Thursday via the OECD, and he quotes more of the same from the World Bank as well. However, the return to economic normality faces immense challenges. High rates of unemployment, suppressed wages, and elevated debt levels make a V-shaped recovery unlikely. Such is where the math becomes problematic. A 50% drawdown in Q2 requires a 100% recovery to return to even. In the more optimistic recovery scenario detailed above, two quarters of record recovery rates still leave the economy running in a deep recession. Even if the economy achieves high recovery rates, it won't change the recession. The resulting 2.5% economic deficit will remain one of the deepest in history. And critically too, since the GFC, we have a new normal, missed by most. Before the financial crisis, the economy had a linear growth trend of real GDP of 3.2%. Following the 2008 recession, the growth rate dropped to the exponential growth trend of roughly 2.2%. Instead of reducing the debt problems, unproductive debt and leverage actually increased. Check out this next graph here, real GDP versus linear and exponential trends. Highlighted in the financial crisis and now also shown in COVID-19 and extrapolated. The economic destruction playing out in real time will eventually weigh on markets. There is a negative feedback loop between employment and consumption. As unemployment rises, consumption falls due to a lack of income. Since businesses operate on demand for goods and services, the correlation between PCE, or the, the GED's preferred inflation measure of personal consumption, fixed investment and employment are high. And this graph here, businesses operate against actual demand. We're on somewhat of a decline leading up to 2020. It isn't just the economic data that will be horrid over the next few months, but earnings will likely be just as bad. Earnings cannot live in isolation from the economy. 
as shown below, corporate profits ebb and flow with economic activity. Check out this graph, link between corporate profits and GDP, with a massive decline due to COVID-19 in 2020. The detachment of the stock market from underlying profitability guarantees poor future outcomes for investors. But, as has always been the case, the markets can certainly seem to remain irrational longer than logic would predict. Again, in this chart, the cumulative change in real S&P 500 and real profits. Roberts concludes, There are a tremendous number of things that can go wrong in the months ahead, such as particularly the case of surging stocks against a depressionary economy. While investors cling to the hope that the Fed has everything under control, there is more than a reasonable chance they don't. Regardless, there is one truth about stocks in the economy. Stocks are not the economy. But the economy is a reflection of the very thing that supports high asset prices, corporate profits. So yes, absolutely, there could well be plenty left in this current share market rally. The level of stimulus being thrown at it is without precedent, and therefore historic precedent on what it will do may well be distorted too. But fundamentally, you can't divorce economic fundamentals for long. And when they prevail or revert, it could be equally unprecedented in its extent. Smart money is piling into gold at an extraordinary pace right now. Money is also piling into shares via Robinhood and the like. It really comes down to which economist you want to listen to. A. We've been talking about the V recovery, and this is better than a V. This is a rocket ship, says President Trump. Or B. Most people see a V-shaped recovery, but we think it's going to stop halfway. By the end of 2021, the loss of income exceeds that of any previous recession over the last 100 years outside wartime, with dire and long-lasting consequences for people, firms, and governments. That was from the OECD. Okay, and that's news today on Monday the 5th of June. Uh, remember, you can always visit our website at ainsleybullion.com.au to read any of our news and to purchase gold and silver. We'll catch you tomorrow.